Okay, <laughs> real quick. We have two things I want to bring up before we get into into those. Uh, one is a neat chart that is in our... Uh, yes. Uh, uh, it'll be in the, the show, uh, be in the show notes in the resources section, but it shows the breakdown of the birth of, it, of AB InBev, like a family tree of these companies merged together to create this company. And so, like, you know, you go back to 1988, Peter Buff and Atois uh, merged to become Interbrew, who merges with Labatt to still become Interbrew. Uh, and you get to see uh, Ant- Antarctica and Brahman merged to become InBev. Those two become AB InBev. Uh, and then you get to see South American Brewery, or Saab, Saab, Saab part of Saab Miller, South uh, ev- eventually merged with Miller uh, to become Saab Miller, who takes over the Foster's Group and Bavaria Brewing. Uh, and then eventually in 2008 is when Anheuser-Busch merges with InBev, going down to 2015 for the Anheuser-Busch InBev merger. It's, it's a neat chart because it also shows when like, the, the craft breweries got uh, bought up or you know the first wave of them anyway. They're still buying a few here and there, but I found it really cool because it has a breakdown of the years when all this stuff happened, and yeah, it's no, pretty neat. That is pretty awesome to actually you know to see it rather than yeah. you just hear oh well they, you know you know all these companies were bought and like to watch the Voltron of it happen to to see it like a uh, 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 what you call it um, flow chart. Uh, flow chart, but like a family tree. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then there is a there is another link. Um, I don't see in the doc right now, but we can add it at some point if we need to. But it is all. It's not a chart. It's just the wiki link for all the AB and Bev brands. Oh right. It's so stupid big. Um, like we were like, oh, we should try to go over all of them. And I looked down and it's like, there are 43 entries just in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll try and supply that link. We're getting ready to run through some was, of the more known. I was going through that just to say, we are focusing the, the, the companies we're going to mention are just from, or basically just like AB and Bev, just, just Anheuser-Busch owned and like basically domestic ones. More yeah. Or less. And this isn't even, this isn't taking into account the recent merger Saab. with Saab yeah. Miller. Uh, although I would point out, I'd forgotten uh, that AB InBev owned Spotten mm, uh, right. until I looked at that chart. I did look at the, the uh, page over here. Honestly, and, uh, some of these are really easy to forget because you're just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. With that disclaimer, well, here. Pretty much. <laughs> I was going to say, pretty much now you can use that, is it craft? And if it's not craft, it's AB InBev. Yeah. yeah, now that is the case. <laughs> now that they've uh, now that they've pretty much absorbed everybody else except for Constellation Brands, um, the, who does? Uh, which is funny because uh, AB InBev handles the global Corona distribution yeah. outside of the U.S. Um, so their distribution, they're they're kind of a hired partner, maybe not own it, but still, right? Touch it. Uh, and then there's also uh, there's another one in uh, in North American where they. Uh, they have Labatt Ice is one of their their things. However, the U.S. version of Labatt is distributed by North American breweries due to antitrust issues. <laughs> yeah, that's the one they hit them for. Jesus, like all of their Labatt, the Labatt family, that's where they hit them for antitrust issues, <laughs> not the merger with Saab Miller. Right. Okay. 
Yeah, that makes complete sense. All right, let's start this. These are the brands of Anheuser-Busch. Let's start it off with Budweiser. Budweiser is a 5.0% ABV adjunct pale lager introduced in somebody's blocking the dock. 1876 (laughs) by Adolphus Busch and has become one of the best-selling beers in the United States. It is made up uh, to 30% rice in addition to hops and barley malt. Budweiser is produced in various breweries located around the United States and the rest of the world. It is a filtered beer available in draft and packaged forms. Lower strength versions are distributed in regions with restrictive alcohol laws. We're looking at you, Utah. Yeah, looking at you. you well, I don't know. Does five percent hit the mark for Utah, Casey? I don't remember. So I think four percent. It's three point two by weight and four percent by volume is what you've you've got to have to be in so, Utah market on draft. Okay. Now in bottle you can do whatever, but on draft it's on so draft. It, so it is heavy. probably it's a too strong. Version. Yeah, Bud Light is uh, the the that's technically yeah the Budweiser. Oh okay, <clears throat> so Budweiser is even too strong for Utah. All right, uh, our next one up: the world's most popular beer, Bud Light. Introduced in 1982 as Budweiser Light, Budweiser's flagship light beer with a 4.2 percent ABV. And 110 calorie per 12 U.S. fluid ounces. From 1993 to 1998, Bud Light aired 30-second commercials featuring Rob and Laura from the CBS series <laughs> The Dick Van Dyke Show. I did not know that. No. Yeah, there's there's a couple of little facts in here in this that like commercial and advertising-wise, it's like, I did not know that. I mean... I remember the Budweiser frogs because that was when we were growing yeah, up. Yeah. That was like, oh god, let's, I was, let's not talk about. What's I was up. considering we needed to get a clip of that to inject somewhere in this, but they've had so many ad campaigns over the years that not. I mean, just we could do a whole episode over their ads. We, Seriously, we will like, talk a little bit about some of their ads later, but let's let's go through some of this, some more of this. What else do we got? We have Bud Light Platinum next. Oh. A slightly sweeter, higher alcohol version of Bud Light launched in early 2012 with 6% ABV. This product is noted for being packaged in a new translucent blue glass bottle. Bud Light Platinum has 137 calories per 12-ounce serving, eight fewer than a regular Budweiser. So it's it's really between the Budweiser and the Bud Light. Like the next step up from the Budweiser, but still more calories than a Bud Light. For, for when you want a bud, when you want a Budweiser, but you really need to watch those so, eight calories. <laughs> so it's uh, more than that. It's okay, Casey. It's okay. <laughs> no. Uh, hmm. So Bud Light <laughs> Platinum, right? That's mm-hmm. that's where we are, right? Yeah, bud yeah Light Platinum. Just want to make sure. Still okay. a thing. So mm-hmm. that is, I I don't th- the calories don't really. It, it is a beer the that gets made you drunk. The points quick. don't matter. <laughs> it's a beer that gets you drunk quick and tastes like Bud Light that's been spiked with a little extra alcohol mm-hmm. in there. Right, sure. Um, pretty much, these three beers are going to be brewed about the same way. Um, Bud Light, you're going to inject a few more, uh, a little more rice. No, not not necessarily rice. It's going to be a little bit more on the uh, the enzyme side. They'll add I just imagine they always in. add more rice to everything. It's like, oh, costs are <laughs> costs are up. More rice. Rice is actually one of the more expensive ingredients for them. Um, believe it or not, it's not a. It's not the, the the. They didn't add it in for the cheapness of it. Corn and rice are actually 
expensive ingredients, um, more expensive when you're buying in bulk for a lot of a lot of these places. But um, so Bud Light Prem Platinum is the beer that is usually brewed. They'll brew it in a concentrated version, and then they'll sell it by watering that down. They'll sell it as Bud Light. <laughs> that's okay. my understanding. That's my understanding. And makes so sense to me. this is the concentrate version. It may actually be a little bit more uh, alcoholic, even in the concentrate version, because whenever you're brewing a beer, instead of adding 10% more vats or 10% more places for you to, to ferment the beer in, you just ferment the beer at 10% stronger and water it down in the end. Yeah, and it's a way sense. of saving space and, and saving money. Hmm. Yeah. So All right. What else have we got? Um, Bud Light Apple. <clears throat> Bud Light with apple flavor added. It has 151 calories for 355 milliliter serving. Released in 2015 with 4% alcohol content by volume. Because this sounds like it had to be a recent thing to do to do apple. So mm-hmm. it's actually more calories than the platinum and the light. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then actual. But draws in flavor. that middle schooler crowd with a nice crisp <laughs> apple punch. Yeah. Uh, this may be this may be a subject that we need to talk about in another technical episode instead of a, a brewery episode. But calories and alcohol, they don't necessarily always have to go hand in hand. Because uh, if you leave some unfermentables in there, you can. <laughs> Sounds like you just left some underwear lying around. <laughs> <laughs> unfermentables, the unmentionable unfermentables. Uh, you leave those in there, it gives the beer a sweeter flavor. Um, which you probably would want in a flavored beer, but you have a lower alcohol content with that beer. Mm. So we'll talk mm. about that in another episode or something. All right. Yeah. We, I left off at a particular point because I believe Justin has... <laughs> he's he's drawing the nuts. I, because I wanted to give myself a stroke <laughs> uh, by talking about, quite frankly, the worst section I can imagine. We gave him... Uh, the, he, he requested. I he gave requested myself it. this. Uh, so let's start out with Bud Light Lime. Uh, it's Bud Light with lime flavor added. It has 116 calories per 12 U.S. fluid ounces servings, and it was released in May of 2008, specifically to annoy me when I was bartending. Uh, it has a 4.2% alcohol content, uh, and it's the same as Bud Light. Yeah. Exactly. The amount of people who used to bug me to try to get Bud Light Lime. I was like, no, I don't have it. Or just give me some limes. And then I'd hand them, like, basically a lime, and they would just squeeze the whole thing in. <laughs> I'd like to be an uncut lime, at I which really, point they're cramming it down the neck of the bottle. There were times when someone was like, oh, no, I need I need me uh, need me to put some lime. Give me a lot of lime, and i just hand them an uncut lime. Is there you're a real son of a bitch, you know that? <laughs> Is there a difference between that and, like, the Corona that people put lime in? In Look, reality, I'm not really like the big taste. fan of putting lime in, in many well, things. I, I understand it in Corona a little bit, you know, but it's just, it was just annoying because it's, it's, it, in my head, it feels like it should be much more of a niche thing than it is. Hmm. I mean, I'm uh, about some limes. I think limes make most things better, honestly. I um, think lime is, is specifically for getting rid of scurvy. Um, <laughs> I love lime. Limes are the best. Um, limes are better than lemons. Vinegar right there, yeah. Uh, all right, next on the list, uh, the Bud Light Limeritas. This one isn't a good example of lime. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just have to bring and put that out there. Uh, since April 2012, AB InBev has released a line of 8% alcohol by volume flavored malt beverages titled 
Bud Light Limeritas. Yeah, we can't call that beer. Um, no. With its flagship flavor being the Limerita. Uh, lime, a lime-flavored beverage, you don't say. Hmm. Uh, drinks are available in 25-ounce in a 25-ounce can as well as a 12-pack of 8-ounce cans. Since then, AB InBev has released a strawberry-flavored Strawberita. Ugh. Mm. You know how like we like to reward good names, but that is a bad one. Mm. Yes. Uh, the mango-flavored Mangorita. And the raspberry-flavored Raspberita. God, but wait. best of all the names. The best of all the names. But I'll wait, say. there's more. <laughs> uh, as of... As of winter 2013 season, AB InBev released the cranberry flavored Cranberita, <laughs> as well as wound up extending it uh, and ended up extending it through January and February 2014 due to strong sales. So not only no doubt did they mind. make it, but it sold so well they made more of it. Yes. People, I I know I've t- I there's plenty of normal people at my job, and they are all about some limeritas, some aritas, if you will. There was aritas. some. Uh, you know what? No, no, that's getting too, it's getting too much into our personal lives. Let's move on to Budweiser <laughs> Select. <laughs> that was my first beer. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> it was just bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, Budweiser Select, or Bud Select, is a light pale lager that contains 4.3% ABV and 99 calories per 12 U.S. fluid ounce serving. Uh, Anheuser-Busch has, an aggr- has aggressively promoted Budweiser Select, its slogan, The Real Deal. Uh, it was The company hired Jay-Z as a spokesman for the brand. I didn't know that. Huh. I barely remember this beer. It's in a black bottle um like it's got the the, the packaging like the new bud light bottles do with the um i like, can I, when you said black i can i can picture it yeah it's I, it's like the uh it's more of the the metal um bottles that sounds yeah. odd but you know what i mean like the the aluminum bottle the aluminum bottle yes mm-hmm. um and it's got that black label around it can i just say after taking a glass bottle to the back of a head the head of the concert <laughs> i am for aluminum bottles <laughs> <laughs> right, sure. I would prefer to not get concussions. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like they'd be the be the way to go. Uh, next up, we've got the Budweiser Select Fifty Five, hmm. a version of Budweiser Select that contains fifty five calories, uh, and is a direct counter strike to Miller's uh, MGD sixty four, okay. according to Anheuser Busch officials. Budweiser currently claims that if uh, it is the lightest beer in the world. The actual content, alcohol content of the 55s were reported to be 2.4% ABV. I'm willing to bet O'Doyle's is actually, because it does have the like marginal alcohol in it. O'Doyle's, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's marketed as non-alcoholic beer in the but, same way that there's decaf coffee. Yeah, it's impossible to get it all out and yeah. still call it that product. I just... Whatever. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> well... If you're still in the numbers, we have Budweiser 66. Uh, it is a 4% alcohol by volume lager brewed and distributed in the United Kingdom. 
by InBev UK Limited, uh, launched in July 2010, but was a 66 has 84 calories and a 300 milliliter serving. It's just the over best. 10 ounces. The best of all these. 66 to combat 60, what is it? MGD 64. We have only 66 in front of ours. Man, but they have 84 calories. <laughs> what the hell does the 66 come from? <laughs> it's it's the Budweiser Brew number 66. They brew 66 other beers before this. Which is also naming. known as marketing spin to try to put a number on our beer that makes you think that it's actually 66 calories. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's horrible. Uh, yeah, no. it's Not to mention it's a smaller format bottle, too. A 10 ounces, mm-hmm. and you still have more calories. This oh. is, oh, I think this is only in the UK though. Yeah. Right. Um, man, they really wanted to get rid of that uh, MGD 64. <laughs> yeah. They had, that, that, that thing had them shaking in their boots. Uh, that, you know, the golfers. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, the that's, culture that's and true. MGD 64. Yeah. I've tried that. God, that was awful. So I, I would, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish. But, <laughs> I'm going to let you, I'm I'm gonna let you finish. finish. <laughs> I would drink. The but that joke is really old. <laughs> MGD 64. But Select 55 tastes like distilled water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like it does. I haven't had it, but I mean, at 2% alcohol by volume, what are you drinking? Yeah. Yeah. yeah what's the point anymore? Yeah. All right. Next on the list <laughs> Bud Ice. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Is it, is this their uh, their direct yeah. attack on uh, who who else had ice? Is Natty it Natty? Ice? Natty Ice. They own Natural Ice. Now they do. Yes. Uh, you can't beat God. them. This is the other thing that would always. This is, I sandwiched my my little section here between things I was always asked for at work: Bud Lime and Bud Ice. Uh, yeah, introduced in 1994 as Ice by Budweiser. Sounds more like a cologne at that point, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it has more alcohol than Budweiser. It's best known for the advertising campaign that involved a malevolent penguin that stalked Bud Ice yep. drinkers and stole their beer. Here it comes. Uh, announcing and singing the doobie-doobie-doo phrase from Strangers in the Night. Okay, I do not remember this You don't remember all. the penguin? Oh my no. god. Me and Brittany talked about this. We went, I have no idea what this is. Oh, it was creepy. Did you all look it up on YouTube? Please tell no. me you did. No, I, oh. I, I, didn't, I didn't look it up then because I was just, I kept going, this can't be real. Um, no, and it's weird that Budweiser decided to go with the serial marketing campaign for this. It was a like creepy night stalker penguin. It's and he was doobie doobie doo. Doobie doobie doo. Doobie, doobie, <laughs> all right. All right, let's scoot on past and give Justin a break here so he can uh, recover. So, Bud Extra. The horror. <laughs> the horror. Bud Extra, a beer with caffeine. I remember when this originally launched, too. Uh, ginseng, guarana, and alcohol contains 6.6% ABV. It was marketed as a caffeinated malt beverage similar to Sparks on June 26, 2008. I want to say not that long ago, but it kind of was. Anheuser-Busch announced that it would remove caffeine and guarana from the beverage in response to concerns that the product was being marketed to consumers under the age of 21. Do you remember that period when everything had, like, guarana and, like, uh, 
was the other thing. Like everything you would find in Sobe, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, Garana B vitamins. That was like what everyone was just like, no, it's all full of this and it's good for you. And you're like, no, no, it's not. Yeah, like they're like, oh, yeah, this Sobe, whatever is good for you. And I'd take a drink. No, there's no way this is good for me. This is, this is like, somehow it's like crack. <laughs> not in an addictive way, but in like a, this is not healthy kind of way. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. We, yeah. It like <laughs> kids were blacking out and getting raped and Whoa. nobody, you know, this is what their thing was. What? Let, let's, let's steer away from, from that conversation. Well, no, I'm just saying like, that's the reason like you know, yeah. I mean, they're... when we discuss rape, we, we prefer to, we prefer to discuss whether or not someone wants a cup of tea. Yes. Oh, okay. We talk about well, tea. There we go. They, you know, they did not want the tea, but Someone really wanted them to have tea because they brewed the tea. They got the tea together and, and went through all the trouble of making tea. And then and the person was unconscious, so they poured it <laughs> well, down. No, their throat. no, that's the worst so part they, about no, it. They, they said unconscious. Oh, they said you right. they would be partying and rocking around. They just wouldn't remember it the next morning, or they would be so out of it the caffeine was keeping them going um, chemically while they were just blacked out. They're like, right. you know yeah. what, you really like you want you want tea. You need a bud extra before you have your tea, and they would have yeah. the bud extra and forget they ever had tea. Which right. this that, is this is also like before the whole four loco. No, this yeah. is during. Oh, was this is before four loco. This is pre four loco. Yeah, and then four, four loco came along, and then everyone's like, "We've been here before. Cut it off. <laughs> Just get rid of it." <laughs> We've been here before. This is blackout in a can, which yeah. they did before that with Red Bull and people pouring like everything into Red Bull to mask the awful taste. Yeah. Can I just say Red Bull Cola tastes like RC Cola and got me through college. <laughs> and it is no longer available. All right. Uh, Budweiser, Bud Light, Chalita. <laughs> a, a blend of Budweiser Clamato. and Bud Light and Clamato. Oh. The beverage became available nationally in late 2007 and is apparently uh. still on shelves. Uh. Uh. Should be. Something should be banned because you get <laughs> tea in the mouth. It's, it's vomit in a in a can. Jesus, I will throw up before the end of this episode. Like I've asked him a million times to stop making the noise. It's not going to work. Budweiser Prohibition Brew, a it non-alcoholic only, beer. Makes in- us want to do it more, Brittany. <laughs> wow. A non-alcoholic beer introduced into the Canadian market in 2016. It is anticipated to be available in the United States soon. In 2015, ABM Bev committed to ensuring that low alcohol and non-alcoholic beers would represent at least 20% of its global beer volume by 2025. I'm actually kind of interested to try this. Just, I, to, I'm I mean, just confused. I don't know. Like, it just seems weird that the company is like, no, 20% of our our global beer volume is going to be low or non-alcoholic beers. I'm like, what are why? Yeah, to try what, and appear this on to try and appear responsible. I'm assuming the, you'll you're, probably see an a, ad campaign coming soon. That's like you know you're, only you're, a certain percent a of our company is to this. You're a brewery. You make beer. <laughs> that's you can't hide that. If they're focusing on the InBev part of it, though, I mean they don't really. Have I mean, that if objective. you wanted to focus your InBev brand away from beer, put AB InBev's name. You know, make sure you you know mention like you know whatever this horse track is an AB InBev company as opposed to saying, you know, drink up. Right. Yeah, this is eerily similar to the the 
car stipulation that federal governments put on being like you have to have so many percent of your cars that get 35 miles or more to a gallon right we're getting real close to like a couple you know i'm about to be like no no look you made your own choice people (laughs) but i mean that's that's very similar to that how much i can and cannot drink oh nope Mm -hmm. that's on on the car side you know that's one thing it it says okay yes we're going to put out this many but there there's a reason it's there it's because of all the the green going green low emissions on the beer side what's the reason i mean what why does it matter if if you have 20% of your profits as lower non-alcoholic beers because like you said you're a beer company that's what you do yeah it's and, the, I, what I, is it the stark industries thing from iron man we're a weapons manufacturer who doesn't make weapons <laughs> <laughs> yes and and by the year 2050 that'll be the case yeah they'll make, be making uh, weapons? beer flavored if nothing else i mean they should honestly that shouldn't be the goal the goal should be like more uh gluten free more um you know what i mean like like the 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 yeah. allergy and dietary guidelines beer or 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 cleaner energy when producing the beer we may be yeah. too close to the subject of getting drunk to to we're all a little yeah. inebriated because this is stretching so long so Fact. let's keep scooting yes, along here uh budweiser na non-alcoholic version of budweiser developed for the middle eastern market also available in green apple and tropical fruit versions must not would, break into Arabian Nights. Must I not would, break into Arabian Nights. Okay. I would like to try the tropical fruit versions. It, it would probably be refreshing, honestly. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it'd just be like a fruity, weedy soda, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. I saw Middle Eastern Market, and I, I just like, no, don't, don't start singing. Discontinued um, Budweiser beers. <laughs> Budweiser American Ale. I remember how heavily they marketed the shit out of that one. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, that basically came with some Rick Derringer playing in the commercials. I mean, it's just... I'm, I'm pretty sure there's like an eagle screech. He's like, I'm a real American. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what was going on with that beer. And then everyone kind of backlashed against it. Uh, Budweiser Brewmaster's Private Reserve. I have Ooh. no clue what the hell that was. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, I can look real quick. Brewmasters is a alt, sorry, not alt malt, all malt lager with honey color and robust taste. It was based on the Budweiser Brewmaster holiday tradition of collecting the richest parts of the brew as it is tapped to the brew kettles to toast the holiday season. I can see it was brewed as late as 2007, looks like. Hmm. Bottles are on eBay from like 7 to $4 billion. $15 bucks or something like that. I don't like to have tried that fresh. Hmm. Um, so then we have Bud Dry. I'm assuming that's a dry hop. It's uh, <laughs> the slogan of why ask why? Try Bud Dry. Let's see. It is a yeah. It's a pale lager where the sugars are more fully fermented to give it a less sweet beer. It's known as a diet pills style mm. diet pills. There's an, yeah. an umlaut, and I don't know how to pronounce. Let's that. get through these. Uh, Bud ice light, Bud ice, but light, Bud yeah. light golden wheat. It's going to be Bud light wheat and Bud silver. I vaguely remember that one for some reason. I'm not sure why. Attempt to t- appeal the taste of beer drinkers in the United Kingdom. This was specifically brewed 
to contain 4.2 alcohol by volume. It was discontinued in 2016 after it failed to meet sales expectations. Hmm. It's a right. flop. So moving yeah. on to the, uh, the other brands familiar with, but less so associating with um, Anheuser-Busch. Once they try to hide the fact that they own them. You know, Anheuser-Busch yeah. owns them. Yeah. Uh, so we have Michelob, which uh, I think most people has, have heard of. Um, it's At the very least, you've heard of Michelob Ultra. Yeah. 5% ABV pale lager developed by Adolphus Bush in 1896. Much a, older than I thought it was. I know, right? Uh, in 1961, Anheuser-Busch produced a pasteurized version of Michelob, which allowed a legal shipment of the beer across state lines. Bottled beer began to ship to be shipped soon after. The brand was introduced in cans in 1966. Michelob was originally sold in a uniquely shaped bottle named um, the Teardrop Bottle because it resembled a water droplet. That's kind of cool. I, I like that Adolphus Bush apparently was marketing it as draft beer for the connoisseur. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. It does. I mean, to be fair, I, it tastes better than Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, <is> it? <laughs> so, than Budweiser. Um, Rolling Rock, which I, I vaguely do remember them owning. I... That, yeah, no, I, I've, I've had some Rolling Rock before. It's, I don't think I've ever had it's like it. drink. You know, it's not like heavy drinking. Right. It's fine. Uh, Rolling Rock, four and a half percent ABV, pale lager, uh, launched in 1939. Again, older than you would imagine. Um, in 2006, it purchased. They purchased Rolling Rock from uh, InBev for 82 million dollars began brewing rolling rock uh, at its Newark facility in 2006. I would so, say I feel like they they regretted that that purchase after they merged right. but at the same time. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, it's kind of brand. The, the futility of that and they're like, "Oh, we're going to buy Rolling Rock." And then InBev comes in and goes, "We're going to buy you." <laughs> like, right. "We're going to buy Rolling Rock." And InBev comes in like, "Look, how would you like to be part of us?" Sure. All right, uh, we'll get that 82 at, million back. At which time they were no longer brewed in the glass lime vats that it had on the label for a pretty good while. Mm-hmm. It always said Rolling Rock was brewed in glass lined vessels. Huh. So not the case once they moved it over to the Newark facility, I believe. All right. Um, Bush, which, you know, Anheuser-Busch. Um, the name Beans? Did you think about that? Uh, right, yeah. I think it's spelled differently. but um, It is. 4.3% ABV, Economy Brand Pale Lager. It's actually introduced in 55 as Bush Bavarian Beer, and the name was changed in 79 to Bush Beer. Or their current advertising campaign being Bush. Yeah, it's, it's like a really awkward commercial. Let's, let's point out that Budweiser needed to make an economy beer. I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, Shock Top, 5.2% ABV Belgian-style wheat ale, introduced under the name Spring Heat Spiced Wheat. It's actually brewed That's in Fort t- Collins. Not a great name. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And no one, uh, good job on changing the name. Um, brewed in Fort Collins, Colorado, where New Belgium is. Uh, a seasonal beer in 2006, and then it just became year-round as of the next year after that. Brewed to uh, offset the competition from Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm their, not surprised by that. Their answer to that. Yeah. yeah. Blue Moon just took off like crazy from Coors, and so... And it's still pop- wildly popular. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still a good. I mean, a lot of craft drinkers, if they're somewhere where there's not craft available, yeah. Blue Moon's pretty much a guarantee to be on the tap because it's just there. Yeah. Shock Top was going to be my beer, going to be my beer for tonight, but uh, couldn't find it at the local gas station, even though they had a lot of other options. Uh, Only you made a Blue more, Moon, you made a I more bet, disgusting uh, choice. 
I, was, I bet you wish you had got you had found Shock Top instead. All right. Yeah. 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 Um. So next we have a uh, natural, which we all had to think about for a second because one Natty. one recognizes the name now as Natty Light. Uh, natural yep. Light is an, another economy brand. Four point two percent ABV, reduced calorie pale lager. It was actually introduced in seventy seven. The brand was originally called Anheuser Busch Natural Light, which sure, but yeah, uh, it is commonly referred to by. Um, I don't know, everyone, as Natty Light. Natty um, Light. Johnny yeah. Appleseed. Johnny, which I've freaking never heard of before this. Johnny Appleseed is a 5.5% ABV cider produced by Anheuser-Busch, subsidiary Broken Straw Beverage LLC. And it was introduced since 2014. Uh, Broken Straw Beverage was created by Anheuser-Busch in 2014 as a corporate identity to manufacture and distribute Johnny Appleseed out of their Baldwinsville, New York brewery. I think that's important because this is not the beginning, but this is, I mean, 2014, you're seeing craft start to become a big thing. Yeah. And they created a company out of thin air to push this. And especially in 2014, that's when you start seeing the hard ciders become a big thing. Yeah. So to compete in that market, they just manufactured a company with a name that people weren't going to recognize and assume craft. Yeah. It was their first foray into that kind of whole deal. Uh, finally, as far as brands one easily recognizes, <laughs> Landshark. Uh, so it's actually brewed in Jacksonville, Florida. 4.6% ABV. Island-style lager. It was introduced in 2006. Uh, it's the house lager for Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville race- restaurant chain. Because you got fans to the left, fans to the right. And <laughs> you're the I think only of Margar- girl in town. When I think of Margaritaville, the restaurant, I just think of uh, the watching, bachelor party. Yeah, I think of watching, uh, watching some woman dance in the middle of the floor in the saddest way possible. <laughs> yeah. Where the music is way too loud, not even Jimmy Buffett music because it's some bad house band, and we're just mm-hmm. sitting there waiting forever on our food, listening to a bad non-Jimmy Buffett band play, watching video loop over and over of people dancing okay. to Jimmy Buffett music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move that's on it. to happier Land- times. I was going to say, that's it, Landshark. Uh, not terrible. Out. I'm not you know, a fan. I, I, I drink it when like I'm grilling sometimes in a hot you know, during the summer. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Rump. From the KZ. So gallery. let's let's get to this next stage here, um, where what has lovingly been put into the dock as craft partnerships. Quote. Yeah. Quote. Uh, I put the quote around craft, and I should have put put a quote around, around partnerships partnership. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, um, it's hilarious. These are breweries that are not necessarily obvious that they are owned, at least in majority, um, if not in whole, by Anheuser-Busch. Starting out with probably the most widely distributed and most well-known out of all these, the Goose Island Brewery. Um, started as a couple of brew pubs in Chicago, but in 2011, Goose Island announced that it was going to sell 58% stake in the Fulton Street Brewery, uh, what is actually the Goose Island Brewing, um, to the distribution partner that they'd had for a little while, Anheuser-Busch. Now, the remaining 42% stake is owned by Craft Brewers Alliance. 
See, but it's Someone, also a craft brewer still owns. <laughs> right. You know, craft yeah. Craft um, still owns forty-two percent of Goose Island. Yeah, but then we did go back and look up how much of Craft Brewers Alliance AB and Bev owned, and it was thirty-two percent. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, and and is well, that's the worst of it, right? It's not like they're going to buy them out completely, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they should be able to uh, purchase them out completely here fairly soon. So, oh. um, they'll be they'll be completely owned by AB and Bev. So all the but good until things until then may cease. <laughs> What's that? I was just saying, until then, just kind of the lead into the rest of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do uh, pretty much continue to produce and sell small batches of their micro-brewed beers. Um, you're probably not going to find the... the. I would say that the Goose Island IPA is produced at a ABM Bev location, but um, like their national big national brands, they're, the 312 is definitely made at an ABM Bev facility. Bourbon County brand stout still produced in Chicago for the time being. Um, I mean, I think they should if they, but it depends on how much it starts to cost them and how many more barrels get spoiled. It's mm. well, they started pasteurization pasteurizing now, so that should yeah, be yeah. that should be fixed. But yeah. that is unless such... it happens pre pre pasteurization in the, in the barrel house. Um, that is such yeah. a staple in the community, and people go so nuts for that every year. I can't see AB and Bev being stupid enough no. to interfere with that. Never underestimate the power of. I mean that okay be because um, Goose Island is still completely in control of the Bourbon County stuff. I'm assuming the Sour Sisters. So to us to an extent, yes, the the rare stuff Bourbon County still produced there. Sour Sisters may not actually be produced at that facility anymore. I don't know. I haven't been in a while, but since they had that scare with the the issue of, you know, cross-contamination and everything, they may have moved that to a different facility. Well, okay. that's I, not I, I, I recall a story maybe we read on the show about that or something. Um, that's not necessarily yeah. like about the brewery itself. Well, it was, uh, they were aging. Uh, I think it's still to this day. They have not moved the aging. They are in the same warehouse that Bourbon County sits are the Sour Sisters sitting, aging. Yeah. So, when that's that may be an issue. We were saying that could be where the infection's coming from because they're also using the exact same equipment to move the beer. Yep. So, but their special stuff still brewed there for the time being. Um, I don't see that moving completely, at, at least the aging portion, because AB and Bev is set on the idea of let's get grain in and beer out the front as quickly as possible. And so, um, all yeah. the 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 staples are going to be brewed at an AB and Bev facility, but the little one-off type stuff are probably going to be yeah like the uh uh cooper's cooper's craft which is starting to ship maybe is that going to be avian bev or do you think that's done in chicago i haven't seen much i haven't seen it ship yet i haven't tasted it yet a lot of times you can taste the difference in these things on where i I know it sounds crazy but you you you, the more watered down versions of things kind of you can tell when they've switched over Mm. that's Mm. i mean this is the first time we'll get a chance you know they've never done this stuff before that i know of so I'm I'm excited to try and find it. Yet I've not seen an actual release date anywhere. Just I know they just said it would start with the first one in March. So here we sit. Cool. Next one that they own, um, completely it looks like for twenty four million dollars was Blue Point Brewery. Um, at the time of the sale, the brewery was said to continue to operate in its New York location, but that was in two thousand and fourteen. So I could definitely see that switching since then i had also never been in, in new york 
yeah. Pachogi. Pachogi? Pat Chogi. Pachogi. Pat Chogi. Sure. Pachogi, New York. You just wanted me to have another hard word to say. I did, because you just skipped right over it, and I was like, no, no. I would say Pachogi. We all have to suffer. This is one of those ones, though, we've talked about it, on, uh, about the untapped badges, and it was clear from the get-go what was going on with Blue Point, because I was like, I've never heard of them, and do a quick, a, a real quick search, and immediately it's like, purchased by AB InBev, and it's like, and now you're seeing untapped badges for them, but I'd never had it before, never heard of it before, and suddenly they're popping up down at Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, Coastal well... Logger's probably one of their big ones. That's what um, they had on tap down there. I was like, you know what? It's on tap down here. There's a badge. I was like, I know it's AB Bev owned. There had to be a reason they bought it. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I think it does need to be say, said while we go through this. I don't blame the brewers for selling out. I don't blame the owners for selling out. But Someone's got to get paid. Right. Somebody's got to get paid at the end of it. Good for them. Um, I'm glad they got their money. I hope they use that money to go and build a competing brewery in a year or two that goes against whatever brewery they sold and do it all over again. Cause Is they it, probably did do some good stuff beforehand. So here's the thing I wonder about, about some of our issues about, uh, uh, AB and Bev running it all. Is it that we, that we want some of these other breweries that we personally like to just take over and you know, like be a actual competitor or do we, are we cool with them just being mid tier or maybe getting bought out? I, you know, I like the idea of there's there's not going to be a glutton of national distributed beers, nationally distributed beers, and there shouldn't be, in my opinion. I think that, um, and this may be just just me, but I, I think that there's something special about being able to go to another state or being able to go to a different area of the country and have a special beer from there, mm-hmm. and not be able to get it back home. I also think that there's something special about a beer that is only yours, and when you're at home, that's that's what you drink. And it's as long as they're good, I'm okay with beer being local. And that's that's a, I guess my biggest no. Push I, I, I completely agree with that because if you if everything becomes national, then your bottle shares become worthless. True. Yeah. I don't disagree <laughs> with a, any you of got that. A closet. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with any yeah. of that, but like, yeah, as you said before. I don't necessarily blame the breweries either because they're trying to say, okay, we don't want it to necessarily on their, you know, they're also trying to run a business, ABM, but trying to run a business. So to, to that, to both parties, really, they're saying, Hey, there are good things happening here. Let's get it to everybody. And that's the ultimate goal. And I, I don't necessarily blame them in that because good, well, you know, good job if they do get uh, their stuff out to everyone, because then more people will have their beer. I will say there is something about a national, about the idea of like national distribution because then right. we all have a shared thing that we can all talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is nice to have like your own special little thing here and there. Yeah, no, but, I agree on both points, really. But there is a certain, you know, certain like, because um, when I hear about these these amazing sounding beers that are off somewhere else that they only brewed like once and they'll never make again, except maybe for a quick nitro thing that I won't get to try. <laughs> You know, I started thinking like, oh man, come back and say it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. But, but at the same, like, like but normal people don't Casey? get to travel to these places often. You know, like yeah. Yeah. so when they become kinda, nationally available, it's exciting. People, yeah, part of me just wants to have everybody get to at least try some of this amazing stuff, and it, it's nice that we don't have just the same American lager 
on all of the shelves now and that's all beer is so yeah sometimes you have they have to they're they have the methods to get it to people so when they buy other things other places really um it you're like well okay well at least now i'll get to get it i guess it's because i'm not making a trip to florida anytime soon you know right and my point is is i guess basically in general even if there's national brands we now have more styles of national stuff because of this true yes yeah um i agree with that I do. Um, I, I think that it just makes it special when you have to go somewhere to find it. Yeah, right, no, right. And true. I get that. Yeah. I'm just That's saying, like, to a certain extent, it is really nice right now to be able to go down there and not just have to buy a Bud Light. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I can... was pumped when and that's, Casey just that's smuggled think... me a bunch of Vienna Lager, and then yeah. just after I drank it all, it hit the shelves around here everywhere. Like, <laughs> ABM Bev, like, the Devil's Backbone stuff is hitting the full footprint now. Like and it that's, is just that's sweeping the nation. With any brewery that AB Bev picks up, you're going to see national distribution pretty soon after that. Yeah. Um, okay. And that's what makes this show so difficult when we're trying to find breweries or, or beer b- batches to talk about that have national distribution. There are very few companies that have national distribution. So um, they, they really don't see it unless they're a huge company. Um, on the list, though, we've also got Tim Barrel, Elysian, Golden Road, uh, which had a huge uproar when they got purchased. Uh, Breckenridge, of course. Four yeah, that was, a, that was a big deal when Breckenridge got. Yeah, because they took Carbock. control of everything at Breckenridge. And uh, Devil's Backbone. Now, oh, just, just mentioned them. <laughs> we just mentioned them. Here's here's one of the key features about all these. AB and Bev has split their sales force now so that they've got a high end and a low end that they're selling. And most of these beers are going to be in that high end. They're in that that craft, quote-unquote, market. They're selling against craft beers, whereas the others that are in their low end that we talked about earlier um, are selling against other, <laughs> actually, of other of their brands at this point. Yeah, they're, they're just competing against themselves now. <laughs> just self-masturbation. Yeah. Maybe some, some, some bragging rights between, between companies, between subsidiaries, I guess. But mm-hmm. anyway, we also have, they also sell malt liquors, which... <laughs> I don't really want to go that far into. Let's just give you their names. King we will Cobra. do an episode to malt liquor at some at point. At some point, okay. yeah. King Cobra, Hurricane, and Spikes apparently are their malt liquors. Uh, also, a few other things they have. Uh, Tequiza, which is a 4.5% ABV fruit-flavored. Tequiza. Tequiza. Yeah. at 4.5% ABV fruit-flavored pale lager introduced in 1998 in limited markets in the U.S., then withdrawn in 2009. Uh, There's more tequila flavor and less lime uh, was the test market in 2000. Uh, We have Green Valley Brewing Company. It's a craft beer appearance. Anheuser-Busch does not appear on the label on them. Uh, You have O'Doul's, the non-alcoholic beer, but it's really just low alcohol. Extremely 5% ABV. Also, O'Doul's Amber. Huh. Uh, Red Ridge, a gluten-free beer made from sorghum. Oh, yeah, sorghum. Yep. Uh, Tilt, a line of fruit, fruit-flavored malt beverages. Uh, Wild Blue Lager, uh, a strong lager with blueberries. And Zein, Z- Zeig, Ziegbach. Z- Ziegen? Ziegbach? I don't know. Ziegenbach! Ziegbach. Uh, sold exclusively in Texas markets. Oh. 
have to add that gluten free one to. I swear we need to do a gluten free. We're gonna do a gluten free episode, episode yeah. also. I at think some point. we should do an entire entire episode about gluten free, of course, and then also an entire episode about beers brewing companies getting bought out. Oh, okay. An entire episode about hard to pronounce German words, <laughs> in which we basically uh, don't get to say anything. You mentioned spikes as one of your hard liquor uh, or malt They're liquor malt varieties. beverages, I think. Um, so that kind of falls underneath also some of the controversy that is surrounding um, all of AB InBev, I guess you could say. So in 2007, the company introduced their flavored 12% ABV malt liquor under the name Spikes, sold in colorful two-ounce bottles. That is a small bottle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it's like, what, two hour, uh, five-hour energy shots? Yeah, yeah like that's about that really. Size. Mango, lime, melon, and chocolate. Oh, so it was withdrawn in the same year after criticisms of the alcohol industry watchdog groups that it was being marketed to underage customers and the alcohol, tobacco, A-T-T-T-B, whatever, sure, A-Triple-T-B, yeah. uh, found that the labeling was illegal. Uh, I don't know what that illegal aspect was, but... It had a big leprechaun on there going, catch me, lucky chance. Kids love me, Spikes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of controversies, so we also have the environmental record for Anheuser-Busch. I'm sure uh, it's wonderful. When have they ever done anything bad? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's actually a little mixed. Um, so in 2002, the Political Economy Research Institute ranked Anheuser-Busch 40th among the Toxic 100, a list of U.S. or corporations most responsible for air pollution. Oh, well, the study not ar- number one. Yeah, true, yes. Uh, the study found that Anheuser-Busch released 1,000... Two, no, wait, sorry, 1,002,786 kilograms, or two, uh, 2.2 million pounds, essentially, of toxic pollutants annually into the air. This is oh. mainly because of large amounts of CO2 released during the process of fermentation. Anheuser-Busch has received numerous awards, though, for its efforts to reduce its impact on the environment. In 1995, Anheuser-Busch's Baldwinsville Brewery won an award for pollution prevention from the New York governor for its use of a comprehensive energy-producing pollution prevention system, bioenergy recovery, which to treat wastewater from the brewing process. Um, The brewery also reduced solid waste by nearly 70% from 1990 to 1994. In addition, the Baldwinsville Brewery found markets for previous waste materials used in the fermentation of Anheuser-Busch beers. The um, Anheuser-Busch Recycling Corp recycled more than 27 billion cans in 2006, a number far greater than what was used in its own packaging. Similarly, Anheuser-Busch has set short-term goals to reduce energy consumption 5% and increasing use of renewable fuel from 8 to 15% by 2010. Along with these goals, Anheuser-Busch has succeeded in cutting down its water use by 3% since 2002. Uh, it's investigating several other renewable energy possibilities like um, biomass, wind, solar, uh, landfill gas as a fuel to reduce the company's en- environmental impact. The corporation has also made commitments to decrease its greenhouse gas emissions by 5% from its 2005 baseline by 2010 as part of its membership in the um, EPA's Climate Leaders Program. Uh, the, prog- or the brewery also operates an environmental outreach program to encourage recycling, energy conservation, and habitat 
preservation <laughs> as well to, as to prevent littering and water pollution. So for the past 18 years, the company um, employees have participated in Green Week, which focuses on environmental conservation education for employees and their families. It's funny to think of Anheuser-Busch trying to prevent littering when I know you see the broken more of their and thrown cans. away beer bottles and cans are like usually the most common litter on the side of the road. Yeah. That's definitely not their fault. I mean, it's not their responsibility. It's not. It's like, that's what I think of. Can I, I just like, say, yeah. from an archaeological standpoint, it's really great for dating. When you're going through a site and you start seeing the buildup, and when you suddenly come across a modern-esque Bud Light bottle, and you can go, okay, here's where we end our record, because everything above this is modern garbage. Yeah, true enough. Uh, Anheuser-Busch states they do not use animal-derived products, artificial ingredients, additives... I thought they said artificial intelligence. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, additives or preservatives at any stage of the brewing process or as part of the packaging in any of their range, with the exception of three Michelob products and two Bud Light products, which contain honey and shellfish, respectively, and are marketed as such. Uh, another, which, all, uh, another, as such, I am drinking one of those Bud Light products that oh. does not uh, fit under that category. Yeah, hmm, that's odd. Um, all other Anheuser-Busch beers are brewed using water, yeast, barley, malt, hops, and additional cereal grains. Anheuser-Busch eliminates the need for, uh, Isinglass finings, finings, um, by settling and removing particles before fermentation. Um, the beech wood aging process also helps to attract and remove yeast from the brew before the lagering process has ended. This only applies to the, all beers the company brews itself. Um, that's the downside, I guess, to buying other stuff, though. You don't, you can't really entirely control all those processes in case there's an issue somewhere. Um, finally, well, I, I wanted to point this yeah. out because um, this is technically an AB InBev, like a, a global brand, um, and it's actually doing something good. <laughs> so, um, Stella Artois. Uh, Artois. Yeah, this Artois. is as of 2017, so this is this this year. Um, at the World Economic Forum, Stella Artois and Water.org called for international business leaders, corporations, media, and consumers to join the, mich- the mission to help end the global water crisis. Um, Stella Artois jump-started jump its own commitment to this effort with a multi-year extension of the BioLadia drink campaign with Water.org, co-founded by Matt Damon uh, and Gary White. I don't know who is. Matt Damon! <laughs> I want to call um, sexism on that campaign name. Yeah, that's I what I was thinking. It's a little weird, but um, but the goal is nice. Um, so through this partnership, they help. They aim to help prov- provide three and a half million people with long-term sustainable access to clean water by 2020. What I'm saying is, a liberated woman can buy her own drinks. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's awful I'm sorry yeah uh, <laughs> in the arms of an angel but so anyway yeah so it's, uh, one in ten people in the developing world lack access to safe water um, this problem is uh, this problem disproportionately affects women and children who spend millions of hours on a day collecting water instead of working caring for families or attending school for that matter um, so their, their goal is actually really nice and it's good that this has been started and I think that it should be at least commended for that. So I was excited. I, anytime we have a, a large, um, 
natural disaster, flooding, uh, tornadoes in the area. You always see Anheuser Busch canning line. They'll Giving beer out to little children. Who are... <laughs> Wait. They'll crank up their canning lines and distribute um, canned water to those mm. areas. Yeah. So it it has the it's all white has a um, Anheuser Busch logo on the front, but then underneath it just says water. And huh. so I was more familiar cool. with the water cans than the mm-hmm. actual beer cans growing up because of the number of uh, kids who had parents who worked at the distributor. Oh, okay. And they would give they would give their kids the cans of water to take for lunch. Mm. I was I was just thinking about the number of floods that typically happened. Yeah, oh, that's, that's true too. Yeah. I was like, okay, so, yeah. uh, low low amount of alcohol consumed in Eastern Kentucky, and uh, or, no, least... that's that's a flat out lie. That's a yeah, lie. That's low true. amount of yeah. beer. There we go. Moonshine and whiskey, uh, though that you're talking a completely a different ball game. <laughs> Um, in 2003, uh, now getting on to a more international story in 2003, after numerous deaths in football stadiums, Brazil had passed a law outlawing alcohol sales in stadiums. Now FIFA was coming in to do the 2014 FIFA world cup, Budweiser major sponsor of the world cup, um, and quote unquote official beer of the FIFA world cup, uh, and had been in that role since 86. So a little over 30 years now. Yeah, um, no, now, FIFA probably smacked that down. It's like, no, yeah, that's screw your laws. There has been a lot of controversy around FIFA and yeah. uh, corruption and all that that goes into it. But this is one of the things that happened was they Budweiser bill came into effect where Brazil was allowing alcohol sales at just the World Cup events, basically because Budweiser was the sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had the up for whatever beer campaign oh, controversy yeah. i oh, thought this yeah. is probably one of the worst um mm. so who okay here it says Before, in april 2015 someone someone sat in a meeting <laughs> a, a whole group of men i am saying sat in a meeting listened this campaign out and said and oh said, no yeah, we should go we should push ahead with that's the greatest a winner that's great so they saw the commercial that was to air and said that is awesome let's go Thumbs up all around, yeah. and it's yeah, just Chris. They they said okay to the grapist. <laughs> they did. She was asking for it. Did you see her? She was wearing purple. Purple. God. <sighs> yeah, that is one thing that I do not envy for com- for companies of today. There, and I'll be that guy that comes out and send your hate mail to me. Um, I'll be the one that says people get offended over everything. And yeah, but, it's all in how it gets construed. And right. I understand that, yes, when you put in the context of the perfect beer for You're removing, removing no, no from, your vocabulary, from your vocabulary. It sounds yeah, kind of awful. Night, that does sound, when we talk about it now, that does sound horrible. That's, um, that's super tea. Super and tea. So, super tea. And tea. so I understand that. The Boston that. Tea Party. <laughs> but I also say I would not want to be a marketer that had the final go ahead on that because it, it it probably was completely innocent and it just wasn't thought about. I'm sure yeah. they were in the meetings. They were thinking, Oh, this is like the Mountain Dew crowd. That's what they were thinking of extreme and things like that. Yeah. 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 It's always the thought <laughs> and process. And afterwards there was like someone, I imagine like someone like right after they say, yeah, go ahead. And they send it out in the first commercial commercial airs. And someone goes, Hey, you know what uh, date rape is, right? 
Uh, and and I, I think it's because all of these companies, these older companies like this, or I don't know, just any of these companies at all, honestly, that, that, that go huge, they have what I call old white guy syndrome, <laughs> where they don't well, necessarily reckon, recognize some of these things or recognize that it's a problem, for example. So there are yeah. 20, there are 20 individuals on the senior management team for AB InBev, Okay. I want to give you the opportunity to guess how many of those senior individuals. So we're talking about CEO, chief integration officer, chief legal officer, and then chief sales officers for different zones. So you take you take a guess on how many females there are in that in that twenty. Say ninety five percent of them are old white guys. I'm I'm gonna go and say if we're talking percentages, I'm gonna say at least thirty percent because there's got to be some kind of weird corporate quota they have to hit. And Justin? Two. Two people. <laughs> Brittany hit it right on the head at 95% or male. You have one female officer, and that's the chief legal officer, who should have caught it first off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, if she were there. So she it says she joined in 2005. So yeah, I don't she know dropped she, the ball. I like how you were officer at the time or what, but um, you started the whole yes. story as I'm going to paint myself as the bad guy here. And then you're like, no, she dropped the ball. She done effed up. Well, it's not so, always easy to speak up if you're the only, if you're one of the like two or three females. Yeah. Cause she can get outvoted. I, you so. know, I will, I, I have to disagree. If you are the chief legal officer as a female, you didn't get in that, that position by, sitting back and and just letting things happen you're you're oh she probably bulldog officer this you is stop lawsuits to be do, doing <laughs> yeah that's true she but, was she was up there pulling some serious stuff to probably get in that position i mean it's it had to be very yeah. impressive like she was yeah she she clearly had to be very good at her job that in is a, what we're saying in what looks to be a man-dominated environment yeah right. kissinger was probably sitting back going wow that's really good <laughs> Dr. Henry Killinger? <laughs> yes, Killinger. With his black <laughs> mother back. So then All we right. go on to uh, other violations that they had, um, like the liquor law violations in Seattle, where the, the WSLCB, or the Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board, um, I love that it's both that are under the same, uh, <laughs> issued Obviously. a $150,000 violation to ABM Bev in May of 2016 when they determined that they had entered into an illegal agreement of exclusivity with two concert venues in Seattle. So you see this now they're starting to crack down on it. Um, it doesn't surprise me that it was Seattle, Washington that did this because ABM Bev is probably the underdog in some of those places. You know, it, <laughs> it's a real craft beer world. So that does not surprise me. But the fact that you see craft brewers and macro brewers both getting hit with these slaps on the wrist and for AB and have 150,000 bucks is nothing. Uh, oh, yeah. They probably that's, made that that's what much. they pay someone. Do they make that much an hour probably, you think? <laughs> they, oh, fired, they fired a guy and made that up. Right. That's one guy's. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good way to put it. That was one person's salary. And, like and, not, not like like a middleman guy, but they 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 fired like middle a mid level man. man. Yeah, we have to get rid of one middle manager. The whole no, just one. And it means <laughs> yeah, they fire one person, and it means nothing to the company. Balance that out. We need to fire him for one year. We can sorry. hire someone back next time. Sorry, Elizabeth, you're just going to have to pick up his work. Yeah. Um, Janice in accounting now has to do two <laughs> jobs. 
Janice. Janice, you're now then, over the Seattle market. Good luck. Then we have, uh, yeah, just fire the guy that was over it. You're good there. Um, 2017, so this year, you have the Super Bowl, Super Bowl advertising. Personally, on a personal note, I think this was another thing that was blown way out of proportion. Everything coming up, all the the people, you know, going crazy about it. But it does talk the, about the timeline here, so it was interesting. The, right, and so whenever you look at all everything that was going on, but um, they put out a, a commercial, "Born the Hard Way" for the Super Bowl, that was basically showing some political, you know, it, it was it was very very positive towards immigrants. And I mean, that company was founded on founded by immigrants. Exactly. And so that ended up being a whole lot of controversy and everybody in the talking head environment decided to go crazy over it. And it ended up being, you know, not a huge deal at the end. Um, It was pretty much a a run of the mill, just a feel good advertisement that if it hadn't happened at the same time that you had a president that was, you know, putting down some some anti-immigrant legislation, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, also, I think it was a nice message, though, generally. Yeah, otherwise, I think it would have come across more almost as uh, Jameson's, uh, they're like tall tales campaign they have <laughs> oh, going yeah. Yeah. about Got their it. founder oh. where he's like snatching kegs from like giant Krakens. eagles or whatever. And Krakens yeah. and all this stuff, like they're making him this folk hero. I really think it may have gone. It would have been felt more in that direction. It would have it, gone had there not been the immigration deal at the time. But they it, are, it would have been. It would have felt like, oh, this is the American dream. They, yeah, they're making it's American still. dream. They're making him like a true, like the old world American hero. He came to America and made something of himself, and he developed this massive thing now. Yeah. So, and and even still, so Brittany, you said at the time it's still an issue. The immigration issue is still an issue. I, I you know, I'm actually feeling the 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 result of that in my job currently, um, a slowdown on being able to get visas and stuff like that for for work. Hmm. I, I'm getting it now, and you know that's that's kind of disheartening. Just yeah, to get yeah. political for a second. Sorry about that. No, it's right. fine. Um, I I will say while this ad amongst us has been well received couple years back they did do that one where it's like no we're real men we don't do craft beer yeah there's super bowl ad a few years ago which it isn't in this write-up but we talked about it pre-show where they yeah we're not one of those nimbly bimbly craft boys we're we're hard working american men and then immediately, like the not even the next year, just months after that, they're like, "No, we're going to pretend to be craft, and we're going to redo the Bud Light labels to look like a craft label." I, I and, think honestly, someone messed up on that message when they did that. Oh yeah, and, and then they finally just, and then the rest of them are like, "Oh no, we're idiots, and yeah. we're going to buy all the craft people that we can because we're that's the that's the way things are going, and that's what people say, want." Janison Accounting I... got another job laid on her above <laughs> controlling the Seattle market. And Janice in accounting now makes a lot of money as and is in a charge of a lot of stuff. Uh, um, I will say when I first saw that, I could I kept thinking, well, I mean, it's not like they're it's not like if they court the craft world that they're going to suddenly change or turn around and grab them. So they figured, yeah. let's why cut our losses? Let's play to our base. But that's that is literally singing to the choir. So yeah, yeah, you're not pulling over anybody from the other side. Yeah. So, um, so final thoughts before we round out with what we're drinking for the episode. Um, 
I, I just wanted to say, like, I, I, I was trying not to make it like a hate parade against ABM Bev because every other episode I, we do is basically that. But we got drunk. I didn't and that's want what to, but yeah. I've been drinking. And, yeah. No, no, uh, that's it's, fair. It's, it's really easy to do. I do want to say, yes, generally we are not happy with what they do because we don't want to support the guy who is just mainstream. Let's do this. Let, let's 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 please everyone. Because even looking through the history, it sounds like it, they still weren't as passionate about beer at one point. That it was mostly like these are really good businessmen and they are really good at their job. And you, at the end of the day, you still can't deny the fact that they are very good at selling their product. Um, yeah. and it does get to everyone. So um, I would say and, good job and- on that. And then. On the craft thing, they still haven't shown a ton of evidence saying that they're really messing up the craft people that they're buying out or partnering with, quote unquote. But um, at the same time, I, you know, on the on the craft brewing end, it's getting that beer to everyone else. Yes, you're not going to have the special stuff in the special local areas, but you still will because there's a bajillion breweries opening up left and right in every state at this point. So... I, you know, the, the ones that feel like they need it or they need the support or they want to get their stuff out to everyone, it's good that they're getting that help. And, it you know, of course, AB InBev's getting the win-win there um, because they finally recognize that not only do they want to appeal to the masses, but they want to draw in those craft people like us. Yeah. And it's not uh, entirely not working because you're, are you really going to stop drinking bourbon county stout or some of the other goose island stuff or i have a strong stance of i drink what i like yeah not i i I try not to care about where it came from yeah oh yeah that's i mean top of the show what do we talk about with those badges me and justin are all on board on drinking a ton of goose island to try and get those badges and try and maybe win a trip to because you also knew buried in a keg no matter who owns them, Goose Island themselves, they care about beer. They just want to get it to everyone. And I think that so, was the goal here. Yeah. Um, I will also say, like, you know, I I was doing some, some you know, poo-pooing earlier, pee-peeing other bodily <laughs> excrements. Um, but the fact of the matter is they, they, they make a beer that's easy to drink for a large market. That's not easy to do. No. Um, now, we so, don't like it, generally. <laughs> but we, and, and a lot of craft people it's, it's who like other that, things I, I don't like it, necessarily. It's just, it's it's nothing. It's not offensive. Yeah, that's, we've talked before. I mean, Casey's brought it up. Uh, well, I think I brought it up, and then Casey corrected me on some of the steps they go to to make it as non-offensive as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, they do a lot of work uh, to... to make sure people keep buying their stuff. But yeah. I don't know. Like, it, you know, they are, you know, we, it's easy to paint them as a big evil corporation only out for themselves, but every company is only out for themselves usually. Like they're, Cause they're a business. It's what a, yeah. It's what a business does. Um, anyone else is selling, anything else is selling you something. Uh, but we, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was too easy a joke to not do. <laughs> um, but the, the, you know, you find what you like. I don't necessarily always like it. I don't, uh, you know, like it's not absolutely the worst thing I've ever had. It's just, it's just there. Like if I was to, to put it on a thing, it's literally like, 
if it's on the pH scale of beer, it's water. <laughs> yeah. It's neutral. It does nothing for me. It's fornication in a watercraft. So uh, now that uh, I think you three have have spoke your mind, I'm going to just go ahead and, and now and uh, yeah, you've apolog you you've been apologists for uh, Budweiser. Uh, I'm I'm just going to wrap and and say on the end of mine that um, I I think that the brewing industry as a whole is more than just beer, and I think it's the same ideas and the same concepts that you get when you shop at Walmart or yeah. you versus the local grocery store for your groceries. Um, or a mom and pop store, and you're gonna find another grocery store though. In some cases, right? Like, I'm thinking about like where we grew up. Yeah, and that's the problem with Anheuser Busch, in my opinion. No, I, I I agree with that. I'm just where it because it it has been there in the past, and I'm not saying it's going to get there again. But it's been there before, and I don't want to go back to the place of where are you going to get good beer in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and not have to go with an import that's been sitting on a boat for months. So that's my idea is I try to make sure that my beer dollars, my beer money goes to a company that is supporting um, brewing in the U.S., microbreweries, supporting the small business and supporting individuals that really want to do good instead of companies that have to do good in order to make everything look good on the surface. Right. Um, even folks like Sam Adams, they're getting large. Uh, I try to focus my dollars away from them. People like Dogfish Head, they're a little bit larger, but you can see where they're doing good, um, at least in their story. And it kind of seems like there's still one face you can put to that brewery. So as long as I can, and uh, you know, I don't know if anybody else want, uh, does this or not, but as long as I can, I'm going to try to spend my dollars where I see a brewery that's doing good and uh, being for the, the, the forward motion of the brewing industry as a whole. I understand that, and I respect that. By and large, I drink what my tongue tells me to drink. The, sure. the one exception I do give you, Bob is bourbon county stout right that's the thing yeah, <laughs> you're not 40, gonna stop i'll drinking. give my 40 dollars tax to anheuser-busch every year for every black bourbon friday county stout. every black friday i'll give 40 dollars to anheuser-busch they can have it because if i don't get it then the other three people in line are, are getting it behind me it's not like it's they're increasing sales anymore yeah so that's true. Uh, and, just, and they're just cutting it away from you like for the yeah. record i completely agree with you casey um yeah it's just I'm also just, I guess I'm trying not to harp on people who either appreciate that beer or sometimes, again, like if you, Absolutely. if Walmart or one of those places is like the only thing you can get beer at mm -hmm. and it's getting to the point that, that your options are limited to things that are only owned by AB and Bev. Yep. AB and Bev has good options with the crafts if they've bought and they haven't messed with it, thankfully. So as much as you don't want to support yeah. it, um, they do... It, it is a thing that exists that is a still a good option if you want good beer. You don't have to get a – the thing is you don't have to get Budweiser. You right. know, I don't know if there's a nonprofit brewery out there, but I feel <laughs> like that would be the place that I want to buy beer from. Right. Why would right. you – sorry. It's a business. Why would you do nonprofit for a brewery? Well, because of the basic premise behind a nonprofit, and we can get I know. Later, look, but look, yeah, look. it's that you're you're putting your dollars to use somewhere else other than just basically paying out to somebody that owns. I it. know, I know, but, but it's yeah. it's just in my head. I just go like, no, like breweries are a product. People do them so that we can get, you know, so they so they can make money. 
Yeah. yeah. It is to be said, ABM Bev, uh, the CEO, did not receive a bonus this year. We skipped well, that news story since, since we were talking <laughs> about them so heavily. But it, I don't think it was the CEO's choice. I think InBev decided, mm. but because of declining sales, the CEO yeah. did not receive. Exactly. Well, you know, bonuses are for when you do good, not when you just continue to do the same thing. <laughs> Coffee's for closers. And Coffee speaking of closers, closers, we well, didn't have any you feedback, know what did for we? Closers? No. What we're drinking is for closers. Let's it is. Close. Drink with me, friend. All right, so all of that being said, we did all, all of us drink drank to the episode. To the theme, yes. It's uh, a Christmas miracle. But uh, not exactly... Uh, there are some caveats because yeah. this went on for a long time, so some of us had two, three beers. Yes, so <laughs> let's start with what we actually drank to theme. Uh, so I had, um, and I, I don't remember, on, I have to look at the chart and I don't have it up, it's whatever, um, when they purchased it, but... So it's an AB InBev brand, um, but it's a craft brewery or was. Uh, it's Elysian Brewing Company. Probably saying that wrong. Um, but the beer is called Space Dust. It's an Imperial IPA. ABV is 8.2%. 73 IBUs. The rate beer score is actually 96 overall and an 84 for the style. And I will say the description from uh, rate beer and the, the general commercial description it's part of the Manic IPA series. The hopping is pure star glow energy with Chinook to bitter and late and dry additions of Citra and Amarillo. I have to say, I actually kind of like that beer. Let me say, I saw some people on Untapped in our network recently checking into this one. Yeah. And they just said, no, it's solid. It's good. It's a good, it's a really good, it's a good IPA. IPA. It's a good Imperial IPA specifically, but it, it hmm. there, you do actually get those. There's some citrus notes. There's a little bit of bitterness, um, but it's an Imperial. So I, I think the fruit comes through more. Um, it's a really nice color, a wonderful smell. Um, yeah. I actually really enjoyed the beer. So there's that, and then the, the the label's cute, little hop blue and space dust. Um, but yeah, uh, I I liked it, and I would actually recommend it. I, I gave it a, a rating such that I would drink it again. What was your since we ran long? What was your follow up beer? My yeah, uh, not that at all. Uh, my follow up was um, the Stone Shokoveza because we still had oh. two bottles of it in the fridge, and <laughs> one is saving. Which this is a reminder to me and you both. One is waiting. Till like mid July because someone called me out that I wouldn't drink one if on like the hottest oh, day of the year, okay. and that one is going to wait for the hottest day of the year in which I will enjoy <laughs> it immensely in the midday. But what if you sun. have it and then the, the following day is hotter? Well, as long as it's in July, I think we're good. It'll all be a hundred million degrees. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I've been drinking through the whole episode. Um, Breckenridge's uh, Nitro Vanilla Porter. How many did you have? <laughs> Two. They come in slightly larger cans. So yeah, yeah. The 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 MVP from Breckenridge. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's from obviously from Breckenridge Brewery, which is owned by AB InBev. Uh, it's a Nitro Porter style. It's a four point seven percent ABV, sixteen IBUs. It's a rate beer score of. Uh, remember the order there is that overall and then, and then the style yeah 60 overall and 45 for the style i feel like it's a little low hmm. for uh probably maybe because it got bought out 
they may have dropped it a bit, but at the same time, I can see why. Um, for the style, it doesn't have a whole lot of like those those. It, it has those those porter flavors, but like they're the nitro they're muted. Yeah, yeah, the nitro mutes it a lot. Um, and when you're like, I I used this uh, to introduce somebody to like much better craft beer. I was like, no, 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 you're gonna drink some of this today, and you're like, oh. Oh, because it's got a little bit of that vanilla. It's got, you know, it's got those, you know, nice chocolatey roasted kind of flavors, but it's just, it's a little bit tamer than it would be if you were doing just the regular, uh, regular vanilla porter. Uh, yeah. there, the brewery description, however, says, who would have thought that, uh, who would have thought that, uh, deep in the jungles of Papua New Guinea and Madagascar grew the perfect ingredient to build an extraordinary porter in Colorado? An ale that hails it has all the chocolate and roasted nut flavors of a classic porter, with an enig- enigmatic surprise thrown in for good vi- good measure, rich vanilla bean. Breckenridge's uh, Breckenridge's Brewery's Vanilla Porter, a a vanilla kiss in a rich dark sea. That's pretty accurate, actually. Like the vanilla really like plays out near the end of it. Um, I've had them a lot. I, I it's one of those easy. I'll buy some. I I will buy packs of them just to to have some beer to have around. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was that's been me today. I almost went that same route. <laughs> <laughs> we were we went out just today because we realized, holy crap, we have nothing to episode. And I was like, yeah, I can drink something to episode this time. <laughs> but I was I lingered. I was like, I want a Breckenridge beer. I wanted to do the dry Irish stout since there's a badge for it, but I couldn't mm-hmm. find it in singles. So I passed on it. Yeah, for we the weren't time getting being. a whole six pack of anything. Understandable. So I ended up going with the Goose Island three one two Urban Wheat Ale. I'm I'm guessing three one two is the area code or zip code or whatever for Chicago. The area code, zip codes, five yeah. numbers. Yeah, you're right. Uh, brewed by Goose Island Beer Company. Uh, this beer obviously brewed by ABM Bev in St. Louis. Actually, no. I think the bottle claims Fort Collins. Mm. Um, ABV, or styles of wheat ale, ABVs 4.2%, IBUs 20. Your rate beer score 23 overall, 37 to style. I gotta say that hits the nose, but because the bottle even says hazy straw color. I had to hold it up when I poured it across the desk for Brittany to see. I was like, and I pointed to the bottle, too, where it says hazy straw color, no haze. Crystal clear through that bottle. Yeah, very, very or light gold. Through the pour, yeah, a light gold, no haze whatsoever. No haze in that, but it's very easy drinking. Bet if you try to swirl the bottom of it, you get all the particulates down there. They I tried. The I was, okay, <laughs> it may have been my vessel. Uh, <laughs> I was drinking out of a glass drinking horn. Okay. Uh, monogrammed. But... It <laughs> <laughs> mattered. It did not. Oh no no no! I mean the the bottle. Swirl the bottle. Oh yeah. Because uh, they get if they've set on that if they've set on a shelf for too long they've caked it at the bottom basically. The tiny little bit left in the bottoms. Yeah, it's pretty thick. But there was zero haze when yeah. I poured. I mean, I upended that baby. I didn't give it a gentle pour. Which on those beers that that extra haze that you get in there it's like a bitter astringency that I don't even like. So you, you're probably you better off like- without it. You should find like the 57 on the side of the bottle and like tap it a few times to make sure it came out. <laughs> I should have. I should have. But uh, light lemon aroma is also claimed on the bottle. Yes, I I got that. 
It what it tasted for all intents and purposes like a nice light wheat beer. But easy drinking, uh, brewer's description, like the digits suggest, it's a beer that densely that's densely populated with flavor and loaded with character. We don't filter it, so none of the life and soul is stripped away. The first thing you notice is the hazy, cloudy appearance. No, no, it's not. That's how you know it's unfiltered. What hits you next is the spicy aroma of Cascade hops, followed by the crispy, fruity ale flavor delivered in a smooth, creamy body. The result of blending barley, malt, and torrified wheat. It's not like... scared? (laughs) Torrified. Horrified. It's, it's like a puffed wheat type. Yeah, process. I know, I know, but it was yeah. just really easy to go terrified instead of horrified. It's not like any other Goose Island beer, but no less that you'd expect. No, it's good. I mean, if I'm out somewhere, and it's not what even one of those ones like. Yeah, if there's nothing else on the on tap, I'd take it. I mean, now that it was apparently the only Goose Island beer I'd had before, and I'd forgotten about it, but just rekindling any memory I had of it. It's all right. It'd be good with dinner. Yeah, it's not a, a beer. That's a, that's a with meal kind of. I wouldn't yeah. be. I wouldn't be damaging the beer by having it with dinner, because okay. it's not like the flavor. There's no massive flavor there that I'm overpowering with my dinner. It's not going to be overpowering my dinner. You know, on the other end of that, it would. It'd be good to have with dinner. Casey, what are you um, drinking? And then, <laughs> inarguably, the worst out of all of these beverages. Nope, no argument. Yep. No, no argument at all. Rate beer agrees with me because it came in at a zero. Yes. <laughs> oh God! There, just a zero, um, and that is the Bud Light and Clamato Chelada. Bev, I put it in as a canned beer cocktail, but it could maybe be a spiced herb veg beer. Four point two percent alcohol. They describe it as the best of both worlds. Yes, no, it's the worst. If you think of this as you know, drinking a Bud Light and eating a shrimp cocktail and then what you throw back up that night. That, <laughs> that's the best of both worlds, then yes. Oh, God. Um, and it has the best of any worlds. I'm going to puke. It says it's ready to go or use your favorite ingredients to make it yours wherever, whenever, like in a church house or in your car driving 75 down the highway, you know, <laughs> whenever. Straight into a semi after you've had a sip and realize what you've yeah. done. You don't even have to get what have I done? I deserve this. Into the semi. This is how they let you know you've made bad life choices. So there are 25 fluid. <laughs> they they serve you, in hell. Yeah. They, there are 25 fluid ounces in this can. They say they give you one ounce extra. I drank less than that one ounce, went <laughs> downstairs, down. and made myself a Bloody Mary with none of this <laughs> in it and poured the other half of that ounce inside of my Bloody Mary so I can still be drinking to show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> By the time I got halfway through my Bloody Mary, I was like, this is getting a little thick. I may add a little bit more, and that ruined the rest of the Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you throw those olives in there. Oh, they were, I couldn't eat enough olives. <laughs> it was horrible. That's never, never again. He basically just poured a, poured a whole jar of olives on top he of it. He just ruined some olives. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what happened. Oh, that's unfortunate. You should definitely get more than 4.2 ABV if you have to put up with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have any announcements? Yes. In fact, we do. We want to congratulate Tyler and Kent on winning our swag bags. I said before that we were feeling generous. <laughs> so everybody that entered one for the iTunes reviews. Uh, we are going to be shipping those this week. Hope you guys are going to enjoy those. 
And um, our good friend Prairie Viking got the question of the week yep. on Twitter. So last year's question was what country? Last year? Or, sorry, last. <laughs> How long have I been sleeping? <laughs> last uh, question that we had was what country is home to the world's largest beer tankard? Um, the answer was the Poland. Was, the last question was something about Clydesdales. No, that was, no, that was one before. That was oh. one before. Well, technically, yes. We if you have to listen to the the video episode because we do them every episode or watch them. Yeah, well, no, watch I'm, them. I, I'm physically present in them. They are making <laughs> just, it to YouTube listen. now. Uh, we can act like the computer's not self deleting those. <laughs> so they are yeah. actually making it up. Uh, that is another thing. If you want to catch us every week over at DiamondClub.tv on Sundays at six every, p.m. Eastern, every, every other week. Other week. Yeah, yeah. But every you week catch us every doing... week. Here or there. <laughs> we exist once a week. The answer to the previous, uh, the Clydesdale question is on that episode that is up currently. Yes. Okay, um, but yes, this was as of, t- we made the caveat, this was as of 2007 um, from the Guinness Book of World Records. The It says here the largest beer tankard in the world is displayed at a shopping center, or as of 2007, was displayed in a shopping center in Poznan, Poland. Uh, the ginormous... Their words, not mine. Bronze replica, uh, receptacle is 17 feet, 8 inches tall, has a circumference of 27 feet, 6 inches, and can hold more than 1,539 1, gallons of beer. You know when it's going to hold 1,000 that many gallons of beer? Tell me. Me. <laughs> has it ever when been it was, filled is my question. When it was inaugurated in 2007, the record-breaking tankard was filled with delicious Ooh. Polish Pilsner and served to thousands of thirsty shoppers. Yes. So, in this week's question, I have uh, sort of themed it to episode, but this is a pretty controversial question. So, I'm going to put it like this. Low calorie or light beer was introduced to consumers in what year? Ooh. And you can uh, answer that back with who brewed, uh, hashtag who brewed it best. And... Um, I guess you can at have a drink show to get that response. And we will Last, name a sorry, winner just on like, the video episode coming yep. this next weekend when we have our Mardi Gras party drinking the Abita party pack. Cool. Can we have a par- can we have a, a special pack for uh, Cinco de Cuatro? <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh quick reminder though, the Diamond Club episodes of the video show are kind of adult only. They will get uh, off the rails. <laughs> they and stay off expletives. the rails. Yes, it's basically an ATV. Yes, we ATV it for uh, for an hour. We are off roading. Mm. So yeah, but we do encourage you to purchase a pack and come drink along with us. Yes. Yeah, so it, again, it is the Abita Party Pack that's going to be on the video episode, which will be recorded on uh, Sunday, March twelfth. Um, yes, it is a little post Mardi Gras, but we will be celebrating to, uh, I don't know, still celebrate Mardi Gras somehow post post show. You know, I think it's the one that was released, what fall of 2016. It was their harvest pack. That was the one currently on shelves and still in their sell by date. So it should be all right to find. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. Should be. All right. Okay. I think we're, uh, we're otherwise good. Cool. So. You can subscribe and get some more great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please rate the show on iTunes to help spread the good word. And don't forget to tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Uh, you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. 
And you can also use the feedback page on the website. And all joking and fun aside, guys, we'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Yeah, please do. Yes. We don't want we don't want any of our listeners to die. No, never. All right. So uh, aside from the video episode that we just mentioned, be sure to check us out in another couple of weeks for the next audio episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and I'm Ron Burgundy. Hey, I'm Ron Burgundy. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys.